Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I have an amazing guest on the show who is helping people to release past traumas and realign with their spirit. Christy Whitman is a transformational leader, celebrity coach and the New York best-selling author of The Art of Having It All. She has appeared on many TV shows and has been featured in People Magazine and Women's Day. Hi, Christy. I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for being part of this space today. Well, thank, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have our conversation. Oh, bless you. I just, when I read your story, I was like, yes, I need to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many similarities and I know that the listeners as well will really relate with your story of a lot of things happening in your life that led you to where you are right now. Absolutely. So I I started, you know, when I graduated college, I was basically told my whole life, you know, that if I wanted to be happy, I should have a few things in place. And so I feel like after I graduated college and I moved to Chicago, Illinois with my best friend, I I had checked all the things that I was told was going to make me happy. I had a, you know, I had a great body. I, you know, I felt happy about my body. I felt, you know, I was like size four, you know, felt really good. Um, I had money in the bank, no debt. I had a great career with, you know, it was fun. I mean, you know, I was a young 20 year old and I literally had to go to restaurants and bars in Chicago area, which has the most amazing restaurants and bars, meet the managers or the owners and have dinner there or buy drinks. And I was taking my girlfriend on with me all around the city. And, and that's what my job was. I mean, wow. I got to eat and drink. And I, <laughs> it was like a lot of fun, you know, and what was interesting though, and we, you know, we lived together. It was like, I had my best friends in seventh grade that I was wow. rooming with. Yeah. And like the, the most best part of the city. And so you would think that, you know, dating guys, that kind of thing, nobody, nobody's serious, but you would think yeah. I was happy. You know, you'd think mm-hmm. I'd be satisfied. And I was so miserable. I was actually depressed because I worked hard to create everything that I did, thinking that when I finally got to that place where I could check the boxes off everything, that I would finally be happy and I wasn't. And that really depressed me because I felt like I'm in my early 20s. Is this really what life's about? Is this, this is what I was told that would make me happy and I'm not happy. Is there something wrong with me? And so I started seeking and I was really, it really so desperate that I started going back to the Catholic church, you know, because I was raised. Yeah. And I remember going to this beautiful, beautiful church that I'd always seen because there was really pretty, beautiful churches that were in Chicago. And I went there and I was like, it's not here. So what I'm, what I am reaching for, what I'm searching for, what I'm desperate to find I can't even find in a church. I can't find in in spirituality or religion or any of that. I I was so like, I'm lost. Mm -hmm. And all of that asking, it's like being super, super thirsty. 
right? And not being yeah. able to get a glass of water. That's how I felt. I was so thirsty. Um, I ended up meeting, and I was kind of dating at the time, a guy that lived in California. So I asked the company I was working for to relocate me. So I did like a lateral move, and I moved to California. And when I got there, I realized that he had been, you know, dating other people, and that's sort of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, it was totally crushed. And but the the blessing in all of this is that I moved to Northern California. I did not have a friend. I did not know a soul. But I met one person that he had introduced me to, and that was um, a hairdresser. So I had to get my hair cut, and I went in, and I was just observing Janine as she was cutting my hair, and she had what I had been feeling I was missing, and that was that inner sense of joy, mm-hmm. and. Everything like we were talking and and there was something about her energy, although I didn't have that information or that language back then, that awareness back then that it was her energy. Um, I knew there was something very different about her and I'm observing her. I'm watching her. I'm listening to what she's saying to me. But at the same time, I'm like, God, there's something so different about her. And finally, (laughs) being as blunt as I am, I just said to her, all right, what do you do? And, And she she knew exactly what I meant. And she just started laughing like you are. And she says, I meditate. Mm. Now, you have to understand, this is 25 years ago, right? And meditation was not something that I had ever thought about, heard about. Nobody I knew did it, you know? And so I said, meditation. And I'm thinking like (laughs) of an old guy with a long white beard sitting on, you know, like some mountain somewhere, oming to death. And I'm like, meditating? What what, what do you mean? And she said, well, I do a spiritual meditative practice. And I have a teacher that teaches me meditation. And she said, you want me to give her her number? And I said, yeah. And I said, yeah. So I was literally dialing her phone number as I was leaving the salon. And I got in front of Melanie about a week later, walked into her house. And again, if you were going to say anything was woo-woo, it, this was <laughs> certainly it. She had, you know, candles all over the place and crystals <laughs> and, you know, statues of angels. Yeah. And I was like, what is this place? This is so bizarre. But I was so desperate, right? Mm-hmm. So now here yeah. I am. I'm living in Northern California. I don't know a soul other than the girl just cut my hair, um, <laughs> broke up with this guy. So I'm like, I'm desperate for anything. So I sit in front of Melanie. And the first things that she said to me was, now, again, this is 25 years ago, before the secret, before internet, before any of all this. She says to me, you create your own reality. And when she <laughs> said that to me, I I knew that was true. I'd never heard mm. that before, but I knew something inside of me said, yes, that's true. But then my mind kicked in and went, how? <laughs> and it was like, well, wait, how? And she said, well, first by your thoughts. And I thought, well, my thoughts, what do you mean? And she said, well, you're either attracting things to you or repelling things from you by the way you think. And again, I went, wow. Something in me knows this to be true. I don't know how it knows this to be true, but it it's true. And then my mind kicked in and went, how? <laughs> how? I, I want to know how. And so she said, okay, I'm going to give you a week. And all I want you to do is, is your homework. I want you to just observe your thoughts. And I, I said to her, what, what do you mean observe my thoughts? My thoughts are my thoughts. I mean, I can't, what do you mean just observe my thoughts? And, and she said, well, you have the ability to observe what you're thinking 
and then change your thoughts. And I thought, well, my thoughts are my thoughts. What I, what my opinion is or what my thought is about something, that's just true. I mean, I know I can change my mind. I could say, oh, I don't want to wear this or I don't want to go there. I could change my mind. But my thoughts about things, th- those are real. And she said, no, they're not. You can change those. You are the one that thinks your thoughts, not your thoughts thinking you. And I was like, this lady is a wacko. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> right. So I started paying attention to my thoughts and I realized how negative my thoughts were because no matter what I was going to create in my life, it doesn't matter if I meant Prince Charming himself. And if I had made, you know, super great money or have had the career that I love and was passionate about or, you know, whatever, if my thoughts were continuing to be judgmental of myself and everybody else and critical of myself and everybody else or competitive comparing myself with everybody else condemning myself beating myself up then i was never going to be happy cuz how could i be at peace inside of myself or feel good inside of myself if I, my thoughts were always telling me how i'm not doing enough or i'm not good enough or i'm not thin enough or i don't have enough money or you know whatever it is and so that time in my life was the most life changing because what I really got to when I realized is that my whole perspective in life was based in lack and limitation. It was based on looking at things, no matter what I accomplished, no matter what I did as not being good or right. It was always bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. I had the perception of walking into a scenario and scanning the room for what is out of place as far as not being in alignment or being good or right or, you know, being beautiful or whatever. And that's what I would focus on because that's what I was trained in my family. Look for look for all the flaws and then try to go and fix those flaws (laughs) instead of look for what's right and good and celebrate those. So that really became you know, my quest to, to be happy within myself. And around that time, when I became, you know, my own self-aware person and started changing my thoughts, I actually started feeling better. And I actually started to attract, I attracted a man first time ever, that was a good guy, Mm because most of the guys I dated were the bad boys. I like the bad boy type. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right though <laughs> I'm laughing because I was the same <laughs> I mean the more drugs or alcohol they drank or the more you know emotionally unavailable they were <laughs> I was attracted to them right so so here I was I was now attracting a really nice guy that I was in a relationship with um you know I had really created a great career I'd always wanted to be a pharmaceutical rep and I got you know a gr- great oh, job in the pharmaceutical industry And so I was about five years in and I had had my own home. We had gotten married. You know, I'd still like really felt good about my body. It was super fit. You know, I had money in the bank, no debt. And that's when my book, my very first book, Perfect Pictures, literally downloaded through me. I got woken up because I started meditating as a part of my spiritual practice and it did help me calm my mind, help me see my thoughts, it helped me shift into abundance thoughts versus lack thoughts. And so one night while I was meditating, I got an image of um, a visual of this book cover, and it said Perfect Pictures by Christy Whitman. And I thought, well, that's really interesting because I've never written a book. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of went, that's fun, and went to bed. And and 1.05 in the morning, I was woken up by this voice in my head that was basically giving me lines of the book and I couldn't go back to sleep. 
So I got up and I just started writing in my journal and my hand started literally like going off by itself. I mean, what, yeah. what was happening with my hand, automatic writing is what I understand it to be now. It wasn't my my conscious awareness of telling my hand what to write. It was just happening. Yeah. And so I thought, well, that's that's pretty cool, you know, and then went back <laughs> to bed. And it happened seven days in a row at the same time, one five in the morning. And so um, I said to someone that I knew was an author, I think I'm writing a book. How do I get, get it published? And so she told me to go online and, and look for a literary agent. And I did. And he happened to also be a publisher. And I had no idea about the publishing industry. I had, you know, n no clue of what it was, a, what a big publisher was or a small publisher or print on demand. I was like total rookie. And so he accepted the manuscript. I got it published. And all my friends and family bought the book. None of them were the target audience for the book. <laughs> they didn't get it. They were like, okay, she's lost her mind. And, and so I started speaking in spiritual bookstores and new thought churches. And I would do these like workshops and people would say to me, well, can you coach me? And I was like, coach you? What do you mean? Because like my frame of reference, and now this is 20 years ago, my frame of reference was like a cheerleading coach, a football coach. I didn't know there were life coaches out there. And someone actually said to me, no, like a life coach. And I'm like, what's a life coach? And so, you know, someone that, get, and then this is not true, actually, but someone that gives people advice about their lives, because life coaches don't give people advice. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, interesting. Well, just call me on the phone and I'll, I'll help you with through whatever you want to do. And what I didn't realize I was doing then was I was helping shift people shift their energy by helping them to do meditations. And I love the results that they were getting. They loved the results that they were getting. And I love the process in which I was helping them. And I had so much more passion doing that than actually, you know, doing my pharmaceutical job. And so I started to pursue that. And so, um, here we are 20 years later, I'm, you know, I've, I've now written seven books. I'm, I'm on to my seventh book. I've certified over 3000 life coaches, uh, law of attraction coaches. And, um, I have an online business and I've had an online business for about 14 years now. So, um, and I, I get to do something every day that I love to do. And that's just help people really shift from lack to abundance and, and really understand that they are deliberate creators of their lives and what it takes to do that. Wow. So. I, I just want to commend you for that because it's such a powerful journey and it was beautiful that you, you, you listened to your intuition. You didn't kind of like, it was like, I don't know what this is about, but I'm just going to trust myself. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And Oh my God, Christy, I relate so much. There are so many similarities with us. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'll just give a little bit of a brief, but like I, so I was like always dreamt of being a journalist. That was like my dream and did everything I possibly could. Even as you know, I was telling you before, I flew out to Canada and worked at CTV National News. Um, I was in some of the biggest news channels um, in, up and down the country in the UK, but I wasn't happy. I lived across a view that I always wanted to live near, but it didn't matter how much money I made or the people I was around or how many handbags I bought when I got paid. I just, there was a void within me and I felt really unhappy. And I remember seeing people smiling and joking. I'm thinking, well, why are they happy? And why am I not happy? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, 
like all the time like oh why am I not in a happy relationship why am I always attracting toxic like situations or why am I always the the healer it wasn't even the word healer back then it was like why am I always fixing other people Mm -hmm. or relationships and it happened everything changed in 2000 well it was 2011 I decided to just take a little bit of a detour I went into a publishing company which was like a financial publishing company and I was making more money it was extra commission whilst I was freelancing at other places again and then in 2012 I had I clapped several times in the office I couldn't breathe and ended up having to go um the ambulance had to take me but again they were just like it might be stress and then I ended up getting made redundant and then a few months later I ended up having a cancer scare and I kid you not Christy I remember going into that hospital alone because that's what I always did God's always toughened up that's how I was raised you're a tough Mm -hmm. woman you get on with it you don't ask for help like I wouldn't even ask a man to even like change the light bulb it was it was that ridiculous back then (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah I sat alone and then the doctor asked me to come into the room and said that we misdiagnosed you and I kid you not that actually before that I was sat there thinking all these things in my head like what have I done to deserve this and I heard a voice say you created it this yourself. And I looked around the room, there was nobody there. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm. what is going on? And I was like, oh, maybe I'm going a bit crazy. As you know, that's what people make you think, right? right. And so I got my results, they misdiagnosed me. I ran out of the hospital and I started crying and I heard the words, it's time to heal. And I just nodded and I said, yes, it is time to heal. But again, didn't know where the voice was coming from. And literally that night I went home, I spoke to a friend who was actually in Canada and I was a bit vulnerable about my story. I'd never shared my life story before to anybody. And I started to share little bits. And again, I was a bit afraid. And later that night, I wrote 30 pages of my life in seven hours. And I don't like yourself. I have no clue how I wrote it. It was just done, 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 writing, typing, typing. Before I knew it, it was morning. And I saw the patterns of my life and how everything had happened. And I just decided that moment I was going to choose to be happy. And I'd end up in situations like yourself where somebody would show me a crystal or I'd go to an event, ended up like doing EFT, not knowing what it was and then thinking, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? But then like, okay, let me just let me trust the process. And yeah, same with yourself. Like I had a radio show at that time and I was doing all these like healing shows but I didn't really know what was happening I was just trusting the process and somebody similar said the same thing oh you would be an amazing coach because I've always helped people from a young age Christy it was just anybody a stranger would just come up to me and ask for help or friends or family even people who were older and funny enough I worked in a pharmacy when I was at university so I was all like pro medications what is what is you know, yoga, what is meditation? Oh, no, thank you. Let me take a minute. Let me take a quick fix instead. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But yeah, I and then I ended up becoming a life coach and then realizing it was more the empath side. And I totally relate with what you're saying. And it's funny, isn't it? When you look back at your life, and you see where you were in your 20s, and you think, gosh, I really didn't know myself back then. I thought I did. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I don't know that person anymore because I'm so different than she used to be. Like, I, I just don't, I can't relate with who I used to be because I'm so different. And, and I deliberately created myself to be different in the sense that, you know, I, I don't think in that way. And if I, if I find myself wrestling with negative thoughts now or I feel an emotion, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from a perspective of lack 
And I know that I can shift that perspective. And so it's, it's literally, I'm, I'm like free now, yeah. you know, and, and it does happen from time to time. I'll wake up in the middle of the night with a, oh my God thought. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, that's, that's, that's not coming from an empowered place. That's not how I want to feel. That's not, you know, and, and then I'm able to shift it. Whereas before I would think, and a lot of people do, oh, that thought or that feeling is real. And, and I really need to engage with it. I need to feel and worry about, you know, everything that there is to worry about, right, about this certain thing, when, in fact, you really don't have to because you can just shift your thoughts. If there's an action to take, you know, if there's something you need to take care of, then then, yeah, but worrying about it or fretting about it or fearing about it or staying stuck in the negativity is not going to bring you to where you want to go. Absolutely. And you look young. I don't know about yourself, but I look and feel younger now because I'm in such a joy and abundance place. Whereas before, I probably looked a lot older than what I was in my in my early 20s. Absolutely. People say to me all the time, you look like you're youthing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm like, that's the greatest compliment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I just think it's so amazing when we really come back home to ourselves that we really do take our power back and we can really trust ourselves more. It's 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 almost like from a young age we get taught that we need to ignore ignore ourselves and those thoughts in our heads that are just it's just weird and wacky, but really those thoughts are trying to tell us something about ourselves. Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that you brought up a good point. I mean, you know, not only our thoughts but our emotions too. Is that when we when we really just stop and say, okay, what what is this thought? What is that? Where is this emotion coming from? What what information do I need to gather about it? And then to do something about it, you know, to take some kind of action or shift or whatever it is. But to completely like what I did is I, I used to just suppress and I used to mm. numb. And, you know, like you, right, I can't buy enough, sh- I can't buy enough shoes or bags, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it fixes, the, it was like, ooh, these pretty shoes, they, <laughs> the, the excitement of that lasts for about an hour, and then I'm yeah. back to the, oh, n- ooh, I need a different pair of shoes, or I need a different purse, or, you know, and it's like that shopping therapy really didn't hit what was really happening inside, and, you know, doing smoking weed or drinking coffee or eating sugar, or, you know, doing all these other things, none of that really got me to a place where I felt satisfied or happy or, you know, fulfilled in any way. And it's because I was suppressing those warning thoughts or those warning emotions instead of just being with them, gathering the information and then saying, okay, I got the information. That's the what I need to know, or that's what I'm, you know, I know now what I was focused on. Now, what what do I want to focus on instead? How do I want to shift? Yeah, I agree. I was the same. Like it was the shopping. It was whenever I felt emotions, I would grab a tub of ice cream and like start crying and eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, alcohol. That was one of the number one ways I used to numb my pain oh my god so much drinking and obviously in the industry I was in as well always drinking it was part of the culture of the workplace and the environment and yeah just shutting down listening to other people's problems instead of really healing my own emotions at that point that's it I mean so yeah I was early 20s right I took care of bars and restaurants for a liquor company and so we would do meetings 
Yeah. So we would do meetings at eight o'clock in the morning. We'd be testing, you know, tequilas and, and single single malt scotches. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So I'd be drunk at like nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday because we were testing all sorts of like hard alcohol. I'm like, I don't know. how. And, and you'd have these like old liquor dogs that have been doing this work for like 40 years. And they got the red noses, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, bring on the cigarette small scotch. You know, I was like, oh, my God, what is it? What is my life going to be if I continue to work in this industry? And I remember I got a quite a tolerance because, you know, you, you start drinking yeah. wine and you start doing wine tastings and. I remember going home to Arizona and opening up a bottle of wine and just downing it. And my dad was like, I think you might have an alcohol problem (laughs) because I could just drink a bottle of wine by myself because I just built up a tolerance and he would be like, whoa, you know, so yeah. (laughs) I'm saying that actually just reminded me of something. It was so this was just before the transformation. I was getting to know a guy that actually went to university with um and they were like they were working in like the same like like central London and so before I went on the date I decided to open a bottle of wine and I drank half of it like in one go and I remember going oh this is not a good sign and then I I chucked the rest of it down the sink and then when I met that person I yeah again I was drinking so much that day and I remember just having that moment of like realization but still not really paying attention to it and then it was when I started to do the healing work that's when I, I dumped everything and I've been I've been seven years sober at, oh nearly eight years yeah nearly eight years sober now yeah congratulations that's thank amazing. you it was the best decision I, I didn't need it I just needed to heal myself <laughs> right yes yes yeah so can you tell us how you're helping people to release past traumas yeah, so you know what I what my work has really evolved to now is um, the 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 girl that was anti woo woo is now <laughs> channeling. <laughs> so I uh, yeah I channel um, a, a group of beings of light called the Council, mm-hmm. and we do like Christine the Council. Basically, I go and get them, and they can obviously see because they're infinite intelligence. They can see someone's um, hologram. And they can see where someone has had blocks or, you know, imprints or traumas, things like this. And they are able to help them release those so that they're able to come back into alignment with their energy now because it's really about energy mastery. It's really about mastering your own energy from your thoughts and your emotions and and all that. And when there's places where you feel like you just have you're walking around as like a pain body instead of a light body those were places where we have to release. And so that's the deeper, yeah, that's the deeper healing work I do now. Wow. Who would have thought, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is that Melanie, that meditation instructor that I had 25 years ago, she said to me at one point, she goes, you're a channeler. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And I didn't think much about it. I didn't really, you know, go try to research what that was. But then after a couple of years ago, when I started full on channeling, because all my books, you know, from perfect pictures to all of them have been channeled. um, But to full on channel the way I do now, I remembered her saying that. I remember that moment in time. I recalled that conversation when her saying, you're a channeler. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I get that. I get what she meant now. Twenty five years ago or, you know, twenty three years ago at that point or twenty two. But it was like 
that, that feeling of awareness of, wow, like she saw that back then. Yeah. She saw the magic within you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I guess it's one of those things when we can't see it, but somebody can see it for us. And then later it's like, aha. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It just confirming it. Wow. That's beautiful. That really is. And hmm, just thinking how, like, this is part of the Quantum Success Learning Academy, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I do everything from quantum energy mastery classes with the council to vice freedom program with them because really to let go of vices, it's really about changing our energetic relationship with them and to come back to the feeling and connection of the energy in us that is of wholeness and fulfillment. And so I do meditation um, programs and, and uh, like 30 days of meditations as well and uh, different different things of that nature. So. Amazing. And can you just tell us about the seven essential laws of the universe? Yes. So uh, <laughs> for me, when I was gathering all this information and kind of learning about what the difference between lack and abundance was, um, I realized that there are certain laws that exist, kind of like gravity, right? We all know about mm-hmm. gravity. Yeah. We don't have to sit there and think about gravity in order for gravity to work. It's just working. So it's the same thing with other universal laws. And when you really get down to the nitty gritty is that the universe is um, energy, like everything in the universe. They know this by modern science, by quantum physics, and that it's a vibrational universe. Everything, it's a vibrational reality. And so with law of attraction, that's one of the first laws, is that what we send out in our energy through our own physical body, we are matched with other things that are situations, circumstances, events that um, mimic that energy that we send out because we send out energy through the words that we use, the thoughts, the emotions, the perspective, the actions that we take. When we are thinking a thought, right, when we're calling someone a name, when we're doing a judgment, when we're complimenting someone, these all have different frequencies that come off of us and those frequencies then gather other energies like it. And then that's what becomes evident in our life. And so that's the first law. And then there's the law of deliberate creation. And that one is that we are the ones that get to deliberately decide the energy that we want to give out, therefore attract back into our lives. Right. So it's kind of like what I did early on. I saw that I was so much in lack and I deliberately chose to move into thoughts of abundance. And when I did, I saw everything in my universe change. Mm -hmm. So then there's the law of allowing, which, um, and I have videos and, you know, so much more information, ebook, like everything on to go deeper with this information. But um, the law of allowing is really the principle of least resistance, because if we feel any type of restriction, if we feel any type of resistance, uh, resentments, hurts, you know, grudges, anything like that, we're not in an allowing flowing space. And that's where we want to release those pain points, those imprints that, you know, practice with forgiveness, let things go so we can be in a space of peace. And then there's the law of sufficiency and abundance, which I feel is the most important law, because when we can understand that there's a spectrum and on one side of the spectrum you have lack on the other side of the spectrum you have abundance well when we're in lack we feel bad 
So mm-hmm. when if we're feeling any type of emotion like fear or doubt or worry or, you know, frustration or boredom or disappointment or sadness, we're in a perspective of lack. We feel bad. Mm-hmm. But if we want to shift, we need to shift into abundance. And the only way to get over to abundance from a place of lack is being satisfied. So it's looking for what are the positive aspects? What can we be grateful for in our now moment? Not over the moon about it, but at least grateful, you know, for what is right now. And that's the doorway into abundance because the more you have appreciation and gratitude for what is now, you find more things to appreciate and be grateful for. Yeah. And so then there's the law of pure potentiality that because everything is energy, you know, the, the divine in us wants to create with us and wants mm-hmm. to bring energy into form. It wants we are creators. And uh, so it comes if we have an idea, if we have desire, that idea or desire has the potential to become what we want it to be. It has the potential to be fulfilled. And then there's the law of detachment which is where we need to focus as a, as a person that is a creator and we all have our free will and choice. We need to focus on what we want rather than what we don't want. We can't not not create, we cannot not focus. So focusing on what we want, but being detached from the who, the where, the how, you know, all of the details and just be in the flow of it, have the picture in your mind, have the desire in your mind, move towards it. But the things that come with it it's like being being okay with what shows up you know like this or something greater right yeah and and then the seventh um law is the law of polarity which means that you know if there's up there's down there's left there's right good bad there's lack there's there's abundance right so um if we're ever feeling and a perspective on something, we can certainly shift it to the opposite because there's a lot of polarity that exists here in human, you know, existence that we have. So those in a very, very small nutshell are the seven essential laws. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. I was just like literally nodding with you as you were saying, I was like, yep, I, I understand. I understand. It, 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 I love what you like. It's the journey that you take everybody on I can see it it's like a journey of first we need to clear this then you can understand this and when you've truly cleared and by the time to get to number seven you're just in divine love and bliss yes exactly yeah Yeah. thank you for sharing (laughs) of course wow we've come towards the end of the show that already it's gone so (laughs) quick (laughs) I feel like we're only just getting started but (laughs) um I've got a few more questions for you um The first one is, what are you? What are your five top tips for someone who wants to heal the past, but they don't really know where to start? Well, you know, the first thing is you have to look at any of those places that you're holding grudges, that you have hurts, that you have resentments. And you have to understand that it's like carrying this big, heavy load and letting go and forgiveness is in a really important part of the process. It's something that we have as like a superpower as human beings to forgive. But a lot of times people don't want to forgive um, because they feel that then that would mean the other person's right. Or that would mean that I have now accepted it or at least approved of it. Or if I do forgive, that means if I don't hold this grudge, that means it'll probably happen to me again because I'll forget. And all of those things really are not true. When you forgive someone, it's really not about the other person. It's about yourself and the energy that you're letting go of. 
Because if we're feeling bad in any way and we're feeling bad because of a person and we think of like an ex-husband or an ex-business partner or an ex-friend or, you know, someone, every time we think of that person and we're going to, because once you're in relationship with anybody in this universe, you're in relationship with them always. Mm -hmm. So to be able to release the things that you're um, upset about or hold grudges about is really freeing to you. You know, I've had ex uh, ex co-author, ex business partner, you know, ex ex husband, and um, I'm happily married now, and have been for 14 years. Um, but my first husband, when I when I think of him, I just have absolute gratitude. I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm so grateful for who I became in that eight year relationship with him. I'm you know deeply grateful for what he meant in my life and how much I grew. Every time I think about him or there's a song or a movie or, you know, something, I just smile and I send him (laughs) gratitude versus other people that think of their ex and they're (laughs) like, oh, that lousy son of a, you know, you know what I mean? It's a very different way of being. And even people that have hurt me, you know, deeply in my life. Um, I'm able to just send them love and, and to be able to, and it, it, it's not like it took just one time doing this. I, I had to spend, you know, time to like release that energy and release that energy and to bring in the forgiveness to come from a place of not judgment, but from compassion for them. Um, you know, but now that I think of those people, I'm able to send them love and send them compassion because I know it affects me. And for me to be in alignment with my divine self, to feel good, is so important to me that I won't let anyone or anything be an excuse for to, to be pulled off of that center. And when I am, because I'm human, I'm able to quickly come back around and say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to forgive that person. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I think it was Wayne Dyer that said, are, is, are you wanting to be happy or right? <laughs> right. Oh, he was a great guy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I 100% relate with what you're saying because that was my turning point, forgiveness, because I didn't know how to forgive because people around me didn't know how to forgive. So that's what I grew up learning is that you don't, you you can kind of forgive, but you don't forget. But when, oh, when I really did the forgiveness part and really saw that the other person with compassion and love, I realized that it was just all trauma. They were going through theirs and I was going through mine and that was it. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Everybody, you know, everybody has pain points and we yeah. have our pain bodies. And if we can understand that, you know, in the, the fullness of who someone is, we're all light and we're all good. And, yeah. you know, it's it's the pain parts of us. It's the parts that have been conditioned into being out of alignment with that light that have been traumatized or being in pain of some sort, have been betrayed and then didn't process that betrayal. Um, they're coming from they're reacting from their pain points, not from who they really are. Yeah, absolutely. So we have forgiveness. What are the other four? (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. There was four, um, there was five top tips. So there was forgiveness and then the next. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, so there's forgiveness. So then the next one is really being able to look at the contrast in your life and look at it as what can I get clear about? Like, so I know what I don't want, so what do I what do I want? Right. So using contrast as a way of understanding what you prefer and what you don't prefer. So that's really number two is that when something you don't want happens to be able to realize, OK, this is not a problem. There's actually a solution. Right. This is this is not the way it's going to stay. 
But I can look at this and say, I, you know, I don't like that characteristic in someone or I don't like the way spe someone's speaking to me or I don't like my financial situation to be able to look at it and then ask yourself three questions. So what do I want? So you're not focused on the contrast, but you're, you're, you're focused on what do I want? Why do I want it? Because that's where now the emotions and also the um, the energy starts to move, right? So into the why you want something. And then how do I want to feel? So looking at contrast or a problem or a situation and saying, okay, what do I want? That helps shift the mental. Why do I want? That shifts the emotions and the energy. And then how do I want to feel? And when you get clear on why you want something and how you want to feel, that's when you're in the power to change it. So that's number two. Number three is that we have to stop looking at things like, well, once I get this, then I'll be happy, right? Yeah. Once I once I have that next handbag, finally I'll be fulfilled. That'll be the handbag of all handbags that will finally make me happy, right? You're late. Yeah. <laughs> it's that one. I didn't have yeah. that one, so that's the one that's gonna make me. No, that didn't do it either, right? So it's it's instead of looking outside in, it's creating from the inside out, and that is really understanding what it is that we're missing. So what are we lacking? Is it the fulfillment? Is the peace? Is it the love? Is it the compassion? Is it the feeling of success, abundance, joy, freedom? What are we really wanting that we feel we're missing and then be able to bring that energy into ourselves? Because we always have the ability to connect with the feeling of happiness, joy, fulfillment inside of ourselves without any circumstance, situation, person, place, or thing shifting or changing. We could just in this mo now moment feel what we want to feel yeah so true yeah <laughs> um and i think it's one more yes just remember that there are no problems there's only solutions and when you look at life that way that there are no problems only perspectives of, prob of problems and that life really is a gift and that the things that happen in life are a gift because it's making us aware of if we take responsibility for our life and we really do understand that we create our reality, the contrast, the good, the bad, and the ugly is all being attracted from us. And if we look at something that we don't like and say, okay, what is it that I want? What are the solutions? What are my options or choices? Now we're in a place of being able to move into what we want. The the thing that we have to remember is that we all have free will and choice. And the first place everything starts is with our words with our language and just in the language that we use that makes a huge difference in how we feel as a matter of fact i'd love to give your listeners i um i created a 30-day free program and it's called watchyourwords.com and what it is because i got asked this question all the time how do you start implementing this stuff on a practical basis and that's that, you know, we have to watch our words because words are the start of all of our creation and when we're when we're saying words that pull our energy down and make us feel bad, I mean, it starts the whole entire process. So, for example, during the pandemic, so many people were saying, oh, my God, I miss I miss going to concerts. I miss going to <laughs> my kids play soccer. I miss my kids not going to school. I miss being able to go shopping. I miss being able to get a pedicure. I miss, you know, I miss, 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 miss. <laughs> and we say this word I miss. It's coming from a place of lack and it pulls mm -hmm. down our energy. 
But if you shift your perspective and your words and say, oh, I'm looking forward to, I am so looking forward to going to a rock concert. I'm looking forward to going out to dinner with my husband. I'm looking forward to my kids going back to school. It's now in a very different energy. It's subtle, but it makes a big difference. And so everybody can go to watchyourwords.com because it's 30 days of very short videos that tells you what the word or phrase of the day is that you absolutely absolutely want to eliminate And then I tell you why, because what it's doing, and then what to say instead, and why, and how that will support you and empower you. Beautiful. Guys, do check it out. I think it's definitely going to help a lot of you to really shift your vibration and really trust that there's so much joy within you and in in your lives. Yeah. Thank you for that. And my last question is, what are you most grateful for? Oh. So many things, so many things. But um, really, for me, is my family. Um, You know, I grew up in a family that was very dysfunctional. My parents are, they've been married for 64 years. Wow. Um, Yeah, but in my opinion, it's a pretty uh, dysfunctional marriage. And the way they speak to each other is just really not nice. And they're very impatient with each other. And um, there's a lot of, you know, mental and emotional abuse. and, And so for me... I am so grateful that I shifted so much that I completely created a relationship where there's mutual love and respect and kindness. And the way we communicate is from a place of love and there's understanding and great communication and, and that my kids are growing up in that and that they get to see their parents very much in love when the love is growing is there conflicts or is there, you know, differences of opinion, sometimes in disagreements? Of course, we're, we're a couple, right? We're, yeah. we're human. Um, but the way that we can easily communicate and um, show our love, it's like that's, that's the contrast that my kids are getting to grow up in versus what my sister and I uh, grew up in. And so I'm, I'm deeply grateful that there's peace and harmony in my house Yes, there's, like I said, moments of, you know, <laughs> patience and things like that. We're all human. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I'm, I'm very grateful for my family and, and, and how our and living in situation and living environment is, is something that I've dreamed of all my life. And I now have that. And I'm very grateful for that. Oh, that's beautiful. And thank you, Christy, for just sharing your story and your wisdom and with everybody, just showing that it it is possible to heal from within and live an abundant and joyful life. Thank you for just being you as well. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for sharing your story with me. I love it. I love that we're so similar in so many ways. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. Wow. Thank you so much, Christy, for just being on the show and just sharing your story because wow I had so many aha moments and I'm sure you guys out there had so many aha moments too because there are so many similarities between Christy and I and I I really believe that the moment you surrender and trust from within everything flows your life transforms everything is just filled up with more joy and abundance and it's more easier and the moment we let go of control is the moment we take our power back Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. In the process of letting go, you will lose many things from the past, but you will find yourself. That's a quote by Deepak Chopra. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. 
And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.